Hello and welcome to the show today. I am your host and founder of Heaven to Earth, Susan Fleming, business alignment therapist equipping kingdom leadership to multiply life without burnout. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. I think most people view time as something that is out of our control, right? And you often hear people say things like, well, everybody gets the same 24 hours in the day right? Time waits for no one. Time is money. Time is more valuable than money because you can make more money, but you can't make more time, right? And we often feel really limited by time. And I even used to say there just aren't enough hours in the day. I can't get all this stuff done. There's just not enough time. And I view time as a cruel master always laughing at me, right? Haha, you can't get everything done. (laughs) Time was not nice to me. But is that really true? Is that how God thinks about time? Right? Did God create us to serve time or time to serve us? That's the question we're going after. So who wants to be able to bend time so you get more done in less time? Anybody? Yeah. Bending time is a stewardship of time that goes beyond time management. Okay. Time bending explores the journey beyond time management to increasing the quantity and quality of time you have. How many of you are familiar with? with Dan McCollum. Yes. His book, we're going to talk about the things in his book. I did a a book club earlier this year with that book, and it was just so freeing as we're talking about freedom today and getting our mindset right around time. We're going to talk about some of the things that are in the book, right? So the name of his book is Bending Time. I don't know if I actually said that. Um, (laughs) Bending Time, Dan shares 10 examples of time benders. Okay. And these are each chapter he writes about these things. The cross, Joshua being a time bender, Jesus, abiding, joy, teachability, prayer, purpose, finishing, and strategic relations. So let's take a look at the strategic relationship between us and time. Now, Genesis 1, 14 to 18. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but this is what I pull out of it. Actually, let me... get my Bible out. Let me actually read this because I put the bullet points up there. But let me give you some context. Fourteen. Oh, let me do it right here. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. 
and let them be signs and tokens of God's provident care to mark seasons, days, and years. And let, and let them be lights in the expanse of the sky to give light upon the earth, and it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He also made the stars, and God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from darkness. And God saw that it was good, and he approved it. So from this, we see their function here is to serve us, right, with markers for our journey. To be a blessing to the earth and the creatures who live in it. Right? It's a sign of God's care. And God said that it was good. And he approved it. It's to rule over. It does say that the light rules over the day and over the night. But it doesn't say it rules over the earth. So catch that um, distinction there. What would change for you if you shifted your perspective to thinking of time as a good friend and servant rather than a master? Just like with money, time is part of creation and you have dominion over it. I'm just letting that sit. Because we hear that a lot, but have you ever thought about what it actually means? Time is part of creation, and you have dominion over it. Through the cross, Jesus reconciled all things to God. All things to God. Not just people. Everything created. All things Jesus reconciled all things to God, not just people. Let's look at, this is Colossians. Colossians 1, 16 and 20. For it was in him that all things were created in heaven and on earth, things seen and things unseen, whether thrones, dominions, rulers, or authorities. All things were created and existed through him and in him and for him. And God purposed that through him, the son, all things should be completely reconciled back to himself, whether on earth or in heaven, as through him, the father made peace by means of the blood of his cross. You see this? All things. That includes time. So we see in Joshua 10, he told the sun and moon to stand still until the purposes of God for Israel were fulfilled. In the middle of a battle, Joshua tells the sun to stop. God has purposed you to do something as well. And he's given you the ability to operate outside of time just as Joshua did right the Old Testament is a foreshadowing of the better things to come in Christ and we are in that new 
covenant relationship. So nothing is impossible for you. In 2 Corinthians 3, Paul says that the glory Moses experienced doesn't compare to what we have in Christ. Think about that. Moses on the mountain. His face is glowing, <laughs> radiant from seeing God's face, from seeing his goodness. And Paul says that the glory Moses' experience doesn't compare to what we now have in Christ. I don't know about y'all, but that's a little hard to get my mind around. Time bending is available to you. But you must believe your position in Christ to believe that this is possible. You must believe your position in Christ to believe that this is possible. I was going to read to you. What did I do with my book? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Give me a second. I'm going to read to you a little portion from Dan. From Dano, from Bending Time. I want you to share in the chat if you have any stories of time bending. I know a couple of you on here have, have read that book. And I've heard people talk about their time stories. So y'all share those. I'll be right back. I didn't plug for my microphone for a second. <laughs> I figured that'd be easier. I'm doing my, getting my ears in and out here. Anybody have any stories? All right, so this is what he says, and this is from, oh, can you see that? Bending time. Yeah. He said, recently I had an opportunity to experiment with time bending in a very practical way. One of my wife's primary love languages is acts of service. This is challenging for me since I, since I travel teaching, preaching, and training two weeks out of every month and have done so for the last 20 years. So on this occasion, I came home from one of those trips to overgrown grass, overflowing trash, and a host of other chores that were awaiting my return. These are normal chores I take care of on a regular basis that usually take me two to three hours to complete. Hmm. After preaching and teaching in conferences, I enjoy working with my hands and doing some menial tasks. 
My problem was in the fact that I only had 45 minutes before I had to be at church for a week of meetings and to take part in a local conference. I knew that I could leave the chores for another time. My wife is great about not pressuring me for these types of things after a long trip, but I was concerned for what that would communicate about my priorities to my wife and my neighbors. I wondered if time bending would work on something as mundane as household chores. Deciding to experiment with it, I began with setting my mind on things above. I took a moment, set my affections on Christ, and meditated on the fact that I am seated with him in heavenly places. I drew on the sweetness of his presence and then went about my chores from a pleasant but not overwhelming sense of that awareness. I pulled out my trusty lawnmower and began cutting, edging, and trimming front and backyards. Noticing some weeds were popping up, I also took the time to treat the lawn with weed killer and then added a layer of fertilizer. Next, I took out all the trash that had accumulated during my time away and cleared out some of the mess from the side yard. With each chore, I saw something else that I wanted to tackle. (laughs) Is anybody resonating with this? Right? Using a leaf blower, I blew off the back patio area and raked away heavy pine needles that had fallen from a neighbor's tree. Though I was conscious that I had probably already spent more than 45 minutes I had available, I couldn't bring myself to stop working until I had completed all the chores on my mental to-do list. Upon finishing, I frantically ran into the house to change clothes and text my apologies to the office for being so late. Inside, I glanced at the digital clock on the microwave and saw that I had only been outside working for 35 minutes. I was shocked. From my experience of doing these chores on a regular basis, there was no human way I could create that level of productivity in such a short time. I would love to watch a video replay of those 35 minutes to know if I was moving unusually fast or whether time slowed on my behalf. Either way, I know that my awareness of being seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus increased my earthly productivity. I'm convinced that the more aware you are of being seated with Christ in heavenly places, the more you can fix your mind on things above and the more you can understand that you have already been made alive with Christ Jesus, the more you can access heavenly realities. Jesus, while on earth, was totally aware of his connection to the Father and of his heavenly citizenship. Jesus said, I am not of this world. I and the Father are one. Jesus prayed for us that they may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Those connection points allowed him to access heavenly realities and release them in the earthly realm. Jesus reveals what is possible in the realms of productivity. Though you might not know it yet, the new creation of being born again by the Spirit of God has had an exponential effect on your productivity. Choose to believe it regardless of what your past says. Never let the performance of your past be the prophet of your future. Jesus was the firstborn of the church of the firstborn. You've been recreated after his image and likeness. 
And he promised that the same works he did, you would do also in even greater works. At some point, our beliefs must become true actions of faith because faith without works is dead. You must appropriate an expectation upon yourself that equals the measure of the riches of his grace. Wow. Expect great things and put your feet and hands towards accomplishing them. When it comes to productivity in Christ, you can bend time too. Wow. Man, like there's there's so much in that. There's so much of that. Mm. Did anybody have any other things to share in the chat? Let me look really, really quick. Redeem the time. Yes. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe that explains why some days after I've taken time to build myself up and praying in the spirit, I'm far more productive and efficient with my time. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And he tells you there how to do it. When you set your mind on things above, when you you bring to your awareness, this is who I am and this is where I am. Right. And so worry does the opposite. Worry is the thief of time. You're seated with him in heavenly places, right? Worry takes your mind out of that heavenly reality of your position in Christ. You're seated with him. Be anxious for nothing. Think on these things, right? Philippians 4. True, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, praiseworthy. Think on these things. Martin Luther said, I have so much to do today that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. That sounds really counterintuitive to us, but what he understood was that prayer is a time multiplier. By seeking first the kingdom, you inherit all the benefits. Just as you steward money, you are to steward time. Do you tithe your time to the Lord every day? Do you make him and his purposes a priority? Your actions declare your priorities, right? Just like we were talking about earlier, the thought, feeling, action, that belief is going to be acted out. So you can look at your actions and see where are my priorities? Where am I investing time? Investing time in the kingdom through prayer produces multiplication of time and quality of life. Anything you do, Without God requires more time. Do I have that? Yep. More time, hard work, and investment of energy. Accessing God's presence through prayer will, will bring your awareness back to where you are seated and who you are with. Right? I've had people not even really trying, but just kind of like they've, They've come from, um, I've heard people share about like we were coming back from a conference and they're, you know, we were just laughing and talking and having a good time and not really paying attention. And the trip that should have taken five hours, we did in three. Right. So this wasn't just like, oh, I was driving a little fast and we got here 10 minutes early. <laughs> right. Like God actually 
gave them back that two extra hours that they should have been driving because they were just fellowshipping and enjoying being part of the body, being with him, sharing those things together. Right. And God just gave them that gift of time, gave them two extra hours. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you want to learn more about me or any of my guests, all the links are in the description below the video. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and share it on all your social pages. Until next time, remember that you have the power to multiply life without burnout.